This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss hello welcome back to the shift Dez here back in New York actually just got back this episode is with Joanne McNally which I recorded on Sunday in my car parked on Hatch Street and uh, you know Katie was in New York so it was just a way to have this week's episode done. No stress about being jet lagged, doing an episode when we got back. And, uh, you know, I thought it'd be cool too to um, uh, get uh, another Irish woman on the podcast. Because as it turns out, we've, you know, Katie is my partner in crime here. But we've never had another Irish woman on. It's always been uh, just Katie and... American women. So I thought it'd be nice to chat to uh, to an Irish woman. Uh, I didn't have uh, anything really specific to talk about. I just kind of wanted to get Joanne's feel about, you know, some of the topics that we that we cover normally on the podcast. And I think it's really interesting. Um, we live here in the, the bubble of New York comedy. We talk to a lot of people involved in the New York comedy scene. Which you know it's pretty pretty brash and out there with the the sexual stuff, so it was interesting to get Joanne's take on that, and uh, I think you're going to enjoy it. Uh, Joanne, by the way, one of my favorite comics. Uh, I've known her, I guess, since she began doing comedy. Really, I had originally seen her in um, in I think it was Singlehood, the show uh, before she started doing comedy. But uh, when she got into comedy, I got to know her. Great comic. Um, talks about some tough stuff in in her comedy so I knew she wouldn't be afraid to uh to be strong about some of the topics we discuss so uh enjoy it and uh I'll talk to you after the app or going all right we had to Joanne McNally is here hi Joanne hi Daz we had to start quickly because the conversation was kind of happening <laughs> yeah and we weren't recording you know yeah so cuz you were asking me like what was I going to ask and you know, well, like just t- like team wise, not like well, I wasn't listen, trying to like. No, 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 get I know. Questions. No, 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 I get that. Yeah, but uh, like I was saying to you, because it's it's like a you know it's like a sex dating podcast, right? But 
I mean, its original goal was kind of sort of like an Irish vibe, but it's not really. It's not really an Irish sex and dating podcast. It's really just a sex and dating podcast with like a little bit of an Irish flavor. But despite the fact that I, I got to think at least 75% of our listeners are Irish women. Okay. We've only had one Irish woman on, and that's my co-host, Katie, who's not in Ireland right now. Yeah. Back in New York. So I just thought it'd be nice to just chat to you. Yes. Quite generally, just about sex and a few topics that come up a lot on the podcast just because we haven't had another Irish female voice and you're obviously you're going to have a different take and American women are much more um vocal about sex than we are or they talk about sex in a way that we don't yeah absolutely which comes up a lot I mean which was kind of like they say I fucked him yes all the time yes and we got I got really embarrassed about that you do right yeah but, uh, yeah and that, but that, you've seen them do it in, in you've seen American comics come to Ireland and say two sets about fucking man and they die in their hell because no one wants to hear it well I don't know I, I think maybe uh dying on their hole is probably they strong. died they died I've seen women die in their hell because they're so it's like the the, the language is so kind of ag- aggressive or something and we don't talk like that and it's shocking to us yes and the do you think that's good or bad? I don't know. I don't I don't know. I'd have to give it some serious thought. I I don't this like the way great, they talk about a, it. This is a great time to think about it. I don't like the way. I don't I I prefer to be in our position. I know you think we're sexually repressed. No, well no, I think there's a lot of shame around sex. Yeah. For but, example, what like what why should it be a problem? They talk about it. Why is it that sex requires modesty? You know what happened? Because I think there was this trend that, like, suddenly for women to be liberated or modern, that they had to start having sex like men. So they had to kind of have sex and, like, not really have any emotional attachment to it and be just like, yeah, and I fucked him and then I fucking chucked him and I fucked and chucked him. And I don't think that's a natural state for most women. I think women and men have sex differently. And yes. I think women attach emotionally when they have sex in a way that men do not and I think it's hunter-gatherer shit and I think I remember reading this book and it was saying that when women, when women orgasm or have sex or whatever they release this like attachment hormone yeah a different that, hormone yeah. that's the same thing as when they give birth that's why I kept trying to bathe my ex-boyfriend I, so I my ex-boyfriend was this very large man in his 40s covered in tattoos and he looked like a pirate and I kept I saw him as a baby and I kept trying to bathe him and putting him in the bath and like sponging him and stuff and when I was saying to the girls they are like oh you've obviously got like a baby fetish and I was like oh my god this another thing they had to deal with they've got a baby fetish yeah but that's just that's just it's not a baby fetish so I looked into it and it was saying that when a woman has sex and is in love her man for want of a better word um, becomes like a child or like a, the love is almost maternal and that's why I kept trying to like sponge down and talc my boyfriend and but, so we make love differently. We have sex differently. So when I hear women saying, I fucked him and then I fucked him and there's no emotion involved, I cannot relate to that because that's not how I have sex. Yes. However, that's personal to you, right? I don't think that's a cultural thing. I don't think that's an Irish thing necessarily. And, I, and I, I'll probably get rinsed for saying this. And I'm sure for some women that is a reality. But I also think for some women, they do it to sound, it sounds like, it sounds brava- like bravado to me. I know, but these are all judgments on your behalf. Yeah, of course. But with this whole podcast is a chat. It's all my opinions. No, 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 no. But I'm just, I'm just curious. Like, I, the same I, way as they judge me for my opinions. Yeah, yeah. I say I made sweet love to him. Yeah, I, I received him internally. No, I know, but you're, you're, you're making a judgment on, uh, you know, you're making a judgment on why they're saying it, though. Is what I'm saying. So in stand up, okay. So we're talking about two two different things, right? So stand up, for example, I think 
there was there was a trend that for women kind of to be taken seriously in stand up they had to talk like men. Yeah, do you think that's a trend? I think just some women just like doing that stuff. I, I think maybe now it's different. Well, I think that maybe I mean I I, I don't talk too much about comedy, I don't like but it. I think that possibly that's because both Amy Schumer and Sarah Silverman were kind of two breakout female comedians. But Amy's different. Sorry, I keep interrupting you. Go on. Listen, that's fine. We've been getting accused of that for years. As Great. it turns out, it's human behavior, not male or female behavior. Okay. But uh, uh, but the, the thing is that they were very successful. And so I think people just try to emulate that. But I don't think Amy Schumer talks like a man. I think Amy, I don't think Amy Schumer... Amy Schumer. She's been quite dirty. She's dirty, but she's... Like, I'm dirty. Like, I'm quite dirty in my stand-up. Like, I make jokes about, like, men coming on my face, but it's all about, like, that I want some sort of emotional validation from it. Like, as in, our, our motivations are different. And Amy Schumer's kind of the same. Yeah, she's dirty, and yeah, she talks about sex, and yeah, she's, like, her language is pretty based sometimes, but she's not... She's she's not removing the emotion from it. She's still very. It's still a very. It's still a very female angle on it. She's not talking like a man. If you get not to me, it doesn't sound like that to me. That's not how I see it. Yeah, I know. But do you think possibly it's generational also? Oh yeah, I think most generation like as you like we're way more progressive now and we're way less kind of frigid and all. But like then I was listening to this amazing podcast. Stephen Fry did this podcast on was it Victorian England. It was so good. And he was saying that it was the Victorians. So who came before the Victorians? Was it the Elizabethans? Anyway, I'm not... No, gonna... it was before... The, uh, it would, the Victorians were well after the Elizabethans. So, okay, right. So say the Victorians were actually filthy. And it was the Elizabethans that made sex, like, something to not be... Dis- something to be embarrassed about? No, but no, the... other way around. I, I... Are you sure? Well, we need to listen, fact check it. We're, yeah, there's a lot of fact checking here, but... There's a great the, the the book of Irish sex or whatever. There's a the, the the historian from UCD whose name has just gone out of my head for a second. He brought out a very large book about Ireland's relationship with sex, but from a historical point of view. And I didn't read it all, but I read the section on how like what what was it about Irish Catholic repression that seems to be more intense than other parts of the world. For example, like Brazil is just as Catholic, yeah. but they don't have the same sexual repression. And his argument was that because the church got so much power in Ireland post-famine, which the famine was Victorian, yeah? And the Victorian ideals were that of purity, modesty, you know, not showing anything. And England moved on from Victorian values, but Ireland, uh, the, the Catholic Church held on to them. And then the Catholic Church had so much power in an independent Ireland that essentially we had, we had Victorian shame up until fucking 1995. In the 80s. 1995. So who was before the Victorians then? I can't, I can't remember. But I can't remember either. I, you know, like... Anyway, it, I thought it was interesting that, like, you, you assume that we're the most progressive period in history. And actually, that's not the case. As in, like, you could, there was a time when we were much more liberal sexually and people were much less ashamed about it. And usually it's about... It's, it is usually religion. That kind of like yeah, yeah, and it's hard to say how really liberated they were. You know, it's hard to say because you're jumping back, especially when it comes to like social stuff historically. It's really, it's really hard to get the evidence to say how did people really feel. Well, I mean, Stephen it's not Fry like, told me. I, I know Stephen Fry. Yeah, and I believe him. I, I, listen, I believe him too. I'm sure he did great research. He has However, authority. Yeah, I mean, I think it's hard to say that they were like completely. It's, it's really, it's hard to know. But I'm not, I'm, I'm not denying it in any way, shape, or form. But anyway, the point is that. It's that? very interesting that you have such a negative... Re- like, it's very interesting that you're just accusing women of being like men because they're speaking 
in a in a, in, a, in an emotionally detached way from sexual experience. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm not a. I have to be very careful now. No, this is it's just so, Joy, my opinion. It's very safe space to be sharing. Grant, this is just my opinion. Um, I'm now. I've done a couple of talks on, and like, I know myself. I have. Like I get very emotionally involved with sex. Like I've tried to do that like fuck buddy thing. Yes. And I'm like, picture, it's not your thing. I can't do it. Yes. Which is very once. Which I'm, is more common than not. Yeah. You're in the majority. I yeah, think, I when think it comes so. to women. Um, it's like piercing the lid of a like microwaveable meal. Like I'm, I'm like you, you break your body. <laughs> like if you're in, that's it. Like unless I'm like pissed yeah not pissed I never like I can't do one night stands I learned that it's not my bag I'm too proud I, like I need the validate like I get more validation out of knowing someone wants to have sex I think a lot of women are like that I, I know I'm doing I'm speaking in I'm in sweeping generalizations here but I think women can get a val- women can get validated from knowing a man wants to have sex with them that's kind of enough and they don't change the sheets Whereas men want the actual physical sex. Do you know the yeah. like, I'll give you an example. This is how I know maybe I'm, I'm, I'm slightly different to the average. That it, it's like I've got single friends who are like, oh my God, I need, oh my God, I need the D, need to get dicked, need to get la la. Yeah. I'm not, I'm just not like that. Yes. Like I could go years without having sex, wouldn't bother me. Yeah. I need to be into someone. And then when I'm into them, I love it. Yeah. But I, do, I wouldn't be going around just. Riding strangers for the sake of the ride. Absolutely. So it's just not my bag. No, which is totally fine. But my 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 question is, why then do you automatically assume that it's kind of like male behavior when some of these women just get comfortable with the fact that sometimes they just like to fuck a guy? Like for example, like a lot of the Irish girls that emigrate to Australia struggle with how casual Australian women can be. Mm. You know that it's just like sometimes they just want to get fucked and they go out and get fucked. Because I think that and like yeah, of course, grand. But like I think. I know. I have a lot of female friends. We talk. Like, my evidence is anecdotal. Yeah, but 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 here's my but question. But I know what oh, they're uh, saying but behind closed question. doors. Do you find, though, that there is a difference between Irish women and other cultures? And so oh, maybe. so 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 what my so my the, the following question to that is, how much of this is hormonal female? What's naturally female, and how much is it? cultural absorption I don't know because yeah. I'm I can't t- I don't know because I'm Irish and yeah. I, so it's hard, hard for me to tell like I I've lived in Australia for a while but obviously I lived there as an Irish person surrounded by and how 68 did you, billion Irish people Yeah but did you not find some of the Aussie women you were a bit surprised at how sort of like nonchalant they were about the whole thing No are Australian women kind of like traditionally nonchalant about sex Well I I only I I mean I think they're definitely more casual than Irish women but yeah. I'm also going on Irish women Mentioning that you know all the years of going there doing shows, yeah. Irish women often say to me, "I'm quite surprised at how, particularly since I started doing the shift." So I was the shift had started, but when I went to Australia last time, so I had a few more Irish women coming up to me saying, "I listened to the shift," and I was because Katie talks a lot about how surprised she was about American women being so open. Yeah, and a lot of the Irish women said to me, "Yeah, I felt the same thing when I came to Australia." Yeah, interesting. And 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 that came from Katie too of being in America and being just so shocked. At how open people were yeah. about sex. Oh, I've no doubt that my, like, the way I am around sex, it's a mixed bag. Yes, part of it is definitely cultural. Part of it's how I was raised. Um, sex was definitely something you held back. It was like a carrot. Mm. And, and, and also it's from experience. Like, as in, like, well, I... holding it back can be good, good technique. So I know myself from experience, um, rightly or wrongly, that when I've had sex with lads on the first date or whatever, 
Sorry. I was um, just getting worried for your shirt. Oh yeah, fair enough. Um, they're out. It does feel like there's some. It, it's like it's like a strategic move. You kind of have to, and it's terrible. But it's just it feels to me like I love oh, and I'm, I love all the hunter gatherer stuff. Like I think we're very animalistic. I think we've very primal instincts, but mm-hmm. now we just have iPhones. Um, and I think a lot of that stuff still exists, those instincts. And I think men just want to, like, fuck women. <laughs> and women's job was always to kind of keep them interested so they didn't leave them and so they'd help them raise the babies. And I think a lot of that stuff still exists. Um, what was my point? Ask me the question again. I, I can't remember what the point was. Oh, that I saw sex as a kind of a commodity, as in, like... So you held it back yeah. to keep men interested. If you gave it away too soon, they lost interest. Yeah. And that was my personal experience as well. As so well. I'm going from that as well. Yeah, but no, I think and that I've had men who p- pursued me over the years and that I didn't have sex with. And they're still kind of sniffing around. And I, I'm 100% sure that had I had sex with them, they would not be sniffing around anymore. Yeah. No, I mean, I always think... I think it's, I tell people they do whatever they like, but I do think it's good. Of course, if you're looking, people can do whatever they like. But if you're looking for something long-term, I think for whatever reason, for whatever's going on, whether it's hunter-gatherer shit or male-learned behavior or gender roles, it's better to, uh, it's better to wait a bit. Yeah, and so However, that's, I also, a very, that's a very unpopular opinion because people are like, I'm a woman, I can fuck what I want, I can do what I want. No, it. no, it's, t- it's totally true. Which I, they can. But I do also Obviously. think that, I do also think that it, there are plenty of times where you give it up straight away and the relationship also works out. I do yeah, of course. I do think that like the if you give it up too soon it's fucked can be over exaggerated as a as a negative. Yes. And our opinions mean nothing in the greater scheme of things. But I do know there's also the danger of when you leave it too so I the reason I got into stand up was because I was um being uh this lad that I knew I was twenty I don't know, I was in my twenties. And he was kind of pursuing me, for want of a better word. I don't know how else you'd explain it. That's what he was sniffing around, as I'd say. And I was like, no, 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 you're grand, you're grand. I wasn't into it because he was bald. Do you remember this? This is how I started in stand-up. Because I got... I, 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 I have a vague memory of it. Um, anyway, so this bald lad. And then I hit 30 and I was like, fuck it, I'll give it a, I'll give it a go. Because I was like, I don't know, in panic mode, like that I was, you know, yes. going to die alone. La, la, yeah, la, la. yeah, yeah. And he had been interested in me for a long period of time okay so obviously he had built up this idea in his head without actually knowing me of what I was like and then of course I started seeing him and two months in he was like oh no actually you're grand and broke up with me and it really affected me because I was like oh god there was, it's something similar happened and that's not necessarily about sex but it is something no, but you about, prefer the power position right of, of like course. him chasing you but it's also the thing of if someone pursues you if someone kind of fancies you from afar for an extended period of time it can be a very dangerous position because the reality is you're not going to be whatever they've decided you are yes and you're a real person with mood swings and you look like shit in the morning and all those things um so that was another thing for me i was like if, if someone like kind of i say i can ask you know what i'm trying to say if someone is interested in you for an extended period of time i stay away from them as well because i think they don't they don't know me and it's actually so it, the biggest rejection is when someone leaves you because they get to know you like that's like the worst thing ever they're like i really fancied you when i didn't know your personality <laughs> but now that i've gotten to know who you are as a human i, I don't want anything to do with you. you yeah 
Like that's extremely. And that. But then that's also you deciding that that's. Like, no, that, hap- they, that was like that happened to me. Like that was like that. That was a pattern. No, but I mean the thing is that you, you could have also been attracting guys that have problems with intimacy, and the minute you get close, they run a mile. So you, you can't always think it's you. Of course, but could I'm self-absorbed, so I always. Assume yeah, but it's I me. mean, I'm just saying that there could be other. There could be other things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There could yeah. be other things yeah. going on. But that but was also, another thing that I was like, oh, even the, like sex and stuff. You're like, I, I've had sex with lads where I've regretted it, and then I was like, oh fuck, I've never had a one night stand where I've woken up the next day and be like, I'm so glad I did that. I've never once, and there's always obviously drink involved and all those things, and you're not. They're not planned. And I do feel like when you have sex with someone, you kind of give a part of yourself to that person. That's my thinking on it. That's my Irish Catholic. Well, yes, or no. I mean, a lot of women say that. Nikki Glazer. Nikki Glazer says that she's not Catholic. She's very sort of. She's very open sexually. Do you know who Nikki, yeah. Nikki Glazer yeah, is? Yeah. yeah, and but she she talks about that her own inability to to be casual most of the time because there's just you know she thinks maybe it's the physical thing if somebody's inside you that it's more personal. But either way. It's, it's very common. Yeah. It's very common for I'm people glad. to feel that. Yeah. And, you know, one night stands is, is really very much down to the individual, you know? Yeah. I, 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 just, I just think they're bullshit. They're fake. I, it's fake intimacy. But, but before, but just, just because. And women, I, and I, I'll keep going now because I'm on a rail. Okay. I've never once orgasmed from a one night stand. So the only thing I get from it is validation and it's a fake intimate situation. And the next day you're like, oh my God, this is so embarrassing. I just need to get the fuck out of here. La, 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 la. And then it's a great story for the girls. That's my no. only experience of one night stands. So let me ask you this. You're having a one night stand. You say you have an orgasm, right? Which has never happened. Yes. So this is fairy tale land. Do you, no. Do you, have you ever said to the guy, hey, listen. Y- y- no! What? No. Tell him this is what you need to do. <laughs> never, ever in my life. Now, in fairness. In a relationship or just a one night stand? I've only come out of a long term relationship. So maybe now would it be different, but before that, no, I'd be never like with anybody or just with a one night stand. With a one night stand, yeah. Oh yeah, if I was in a relationship, I'd be like to the right, to the left, to the right. I used to have stand up about it being like a fanny boot camp. You're like directing them around yeah, the place, exactly. But no, not in a one night stand because why not? Because you're kind of just going through the motions or something. I don't know. I find them very vacant. Yeah, I just don't like. But them. But there's no way. I mean, when but but. I mean, you've done them. I'm not saying you're going to do them again, but I'll probably do them again. Yeah, but then if you're if you're doing them, why wouldn't you say I'm going to get as much as I can out of this? Because at the end I, of the day, it's mostly just physical. Because no, because when I have sex, it's emotional. When I have sex, it's emotional. Well, then why are you having one night stands? I don't. That's why I said I don't have them. Oh no, but you just said you probably will. Oh yeah, I mean, oh look, I'm probably going to have, like I'm not going to. I can't wait until like I meet, I fall in love again to have sex. You just feel, I also almost feel like you have to keep momentum behind it. Like you kind of just have to get out there. La, 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 la. Um, so you're in a one I night stand. Not. Why wouldn't you just say to the guy, listen, I really like when you go down or I really like this. Because I wouldn't be able to enjoy it if I'm not mad about him. If I right. don't feel that he's mad about me and I'm mad about him. If I don't feel an emotional attachment. Yeah. I don't think there'd be any point. I have sex with my mind. <laughs> my mind is in my vagina. My vagina has a tiny, tiny brain that's where my feelings are I know I just can't get it because then I think then why bother having a one it's a kind of a I know but that's what I'm saying I probably won't you probably won't Yeah. no I might you know yourself in the moment you make decisions you're like oh maybe this could be something good or whatever yeah Um, and also I change my mind about things every second of every day yeah all the time but I don't I can't just have sex and like 
I don't get anything out of the physical act of sex. It has to be an emotional attachment. That's where I have sex. That's in what, my mind. In your mind. In my mind, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, the the next thing I'm going to... We, we don't have to talk about masturbation. <laughs> but, but can I yeah. talk about your reaction to when I said that we often talk about masturbation on the yeah. show? Because you were just like, no way. Yeah, I was like, I was like appalled, yeah. Yeah. Now, uh, I'm just curious. It's personal. I don't want to talk about masturbation. My personal masturbation. It's a per- it's personal. Why would you want to talk about it? Well, we're talking about your sex. Oh yeah, but masturbation feels like more like a private, th- like sex someone else. Yeah, but here's involved. the qu- where, where where does that come from? Like the Catholic Church. No, I'm just curious because <laughs> I'm not, I'm not joking. I'm being there serious. Seems, there seems to be. A lot more shame around female masturbation yeah. than male masturbation. And women denied it and denied it and denied it. And women still wouldn't. Like, I would with my close friends. Maybe yeah, so I was, like, cu- so into was going to ask you, do you talk to your friends about masturbation? Yeah. Because, obviously, it's hard to get good at. I mean, obviously, the more you, the more you do shit, the more you figure out what you like. But it's also quite helpful to have when you talk to friends and then somebody might say, have you ever tried this or whatever? So do you have those conversations? No, we wouldn't friends? be like, oh, have you ever tried to like reverse cowboy yourself? No, we wouldn't have those chats. No. But would you ever say like, if you use a vibrator, what vibrator do you like? Yeah. I remember my, <laughs> one of my mates got a vibrator and we were like 20 for her birthday and she lent it to me. <laughs> we were talking about her recently. We were like 20 year old sharing, vi- like it was very juvenile, but also like just cheap. Um, so yeah, but no, we wouldn't be sitting there going, oh, did you have a wank last night? How did you get on? There wouldn't be any of that chat. Yeah. But the same way as we wouldn't really, like we wouldn't delve into sex. We'd be like, was he a good ride? Was the ride good? Yeah, it was great. He's a great ride. It, the ride was great. But we wouldn't be like, and then he flipped me over and then he fucking choked me for three minutes and then he came in my face. We wouldn't be talking about it in that level of detail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We just wouldn't. Yeah. I would get I would get nothing out of that. I would get nothing out of knowing that my friend's boyfriend came in her face. Like I don't need to no, know. No, but shit. Uh, but but that's more like kissing and telling. But I I, I guess I guess a, a healthy version of that conversation would be, have what? you ever been with a guy and he does this? Like I love that. And then you might say, oh, I've never tried that. Or you might say, oh, I like that too. Or you know, there, there might be a way to just like discover more things about. Oh yeah, no, I'd probably just discover it with him. Yeah. No, we don't. No. But which is not, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying that's positive or negative. I'm just curious. Yeah, no, because we wouldn't, there, we there wouldn't talk to be, like that. There seems to be, I promise you, there is more shame around masturbation in Ireland than other places. Like American women. I have no doubt. So let me, let me okay, I'll just give you a, a scenario. Um, say I'm on like a first or second date in the States and maybe like we're making out and it's getting a bit heavy and they're like, listen, I'm going to go. And I'll be like, okay, like fine. And, uh, then they'll like text me and be like, "Oh my god, that was that was so hot. I had to go home and look after myself or something." Would you ever do that? No. Yeah. So American American <laughs> no. women. Uh, yeah, American women are way more open about the fact that they masturbate. It would be insincere if I did that because I'd be like, "It's like I'm se- like I'm sexting, as in like I'm trying to lead on to something else." Or, like, no, it's just not. Oh me. yeah, no, but they're not sexting. They're basically just like letting it be. I I, I think. Uh, like I could give you a hundred scenarios, but like the, the the they're most likely just like sort of letting you know, like it's not that it's not that I'm a prude. It's just that I'm not, I don't want to have sex yet. But yeah. I, I, I I was horny as fuck. Just yeah, to, yeah, like, yeah. Like that kind of a thing. No, I I think I probably am quite prudish in general with sex. Not when I'm having sex, and not when I'm in love, or when I'm into someone or whatever. Then, like. Everything like it's what anything goes. It's all fantastic, and we will do whatever. But when it comes to like talking about sex, I would definitely have like I would definitely be prudish about it. Yeah, you're not. Yeah, 
I'm not and going. I, and then I fucked him, and then I went home and took care of myself. I'm not, no, I'm not that girl. Yeah, and a lot and, of my Irish male friends are the same, by the way. Like, one of my, my best friends in Ireland cannot listen to this podcast. Like, he, he gets a fucking cringe attack. Cannot, really? Can't hand. In fact, even recently, uh, himself, his wife, and then his brother-in-law and her wife, or his wife, were over actually in the States, and we were having a chat, and... The, the Irish, you know, his wife and then the bro- his brother-in-law and, uh, and the American wife. So there was like one American, two Irish and my friend. We were having a really open chat about, I think we might have been talking about the podcast, but we were definitely talking quite openly about sex. And he, he was fucking dying. Yeah. It was killing him. And I was like, what the fuck? It's like, what, like where is this yeah, coming from? Yeah, but you're from? in an interesting position because you're... No, but they were the same. They, they, this was his wife. She's Irish. Yeah. No, I'm saying because you're. Oh, she was openly about. She was. And so was her brother. Like it was just him. Yeah. It's just funny that he. It was killing him. Yeah. You know the open chat about sex. Yeah. You know. I probably would be a bit cringe about it as well. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Which surprised me. I don't know. Honestly, your reaction when I brought up the masturbation thing, I, it kind of surprised me. Yeah, I'm like that's yeah. But we haven't had any other Irish women on. You're the only the second Irish woman I've had on. And is it, yeah, and so were the American women going, yeah, and then oh, I American women don't give a fuck. Wine for four hours. Oh, they don't give a shit. They yeah. literally just go on. No, because I'm like, my mom could hear it. Like, I'm, ver- like, I'm, you know, I have a lot of, like, obstacles in my brain about talking brain, this kind yeah. of stuff, yeah. Also, I'm like, you're allowed to have, like, I remember someone calling me once, one of the girls, and it racked my head. She was like, you're frigid. And I was like, frigid? Fuck off. She also calls me, a, she also called me a fascist. She's a very extreme woman, but I was, was like, she a good friend though. She's one of my best mates. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, and she loves talking about wanking. But I think the more open someone is talking about sex, they almost get a kick out of the fact that you're a bit more quiet about it. So they're like, "Well, I'm the sex positive one, and you're a fucking frigid bitch, and I'll sit here wanking in front of you and talking about." It. And that makes me a more modern woman than you. And it's like. Are I don't you know. transferring some of the responsibility of your <laughs> uncomfortability onto your friend? <laughs> transferring what? I'm like, just wank me and then we'll just get it all out of the way. Um, yeah, no. And I mean, I know, I'm very aware of that. Like, I, my parents would be quite conservative, you know, Catholics, you know, we weren't like, I never heard my parents having sex. There was none of that shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and it was always that thing of like, your virginity was so, like, sex is something to be kept back. Sex is something to be either given or not given. Mm. Not like mutually enjoyed. And you, you had no sex education, right? No, we just in in religion. Maybe the closest thing we came to it was a, watching a sex scene in Forrest Gump when we were like fourteen. No, we'd no sex education. I wouldn't even know what would that be. Would I even want that? Well, I no, want to be well, told how to do like fucking different positions by my teacher. I don't even know what sex. No, it would be it would be. be it would be stuff like um, uh, you're teenagers now. You're probably going to find yourselves uh, exploring uh, areas of sexuality. God, I'm cr- no, stop. Make sure. Why? <laughs> but this is a this is a problem talk about it. because they say you know if if you're gonna have sex it's very important to be protected. Uh, you know you should you know make sure you're you're um, you know comfortable emotionally. You know make sure that you know if you're in a situation with a boy that you know that uh, you you know he, he he gets consent. You know like conversations about consent, what's acceptable, what's unacceptable. You know uh, you know obviously be aware of like men being coercive and just you know be comfortable with who you are. Is that sex? Is that not more like talking about consent though? That's not that's really sex. sex. But it's not sex education. It's not going. No, what did you, where's did you, your clitoris? Yeah, but that's because you just decided that's what sex education is. But sex is a lot broader than just that's your clit. This is your penis. Shove it in. 
That was probably what we were told. Although I remember there's a scene in Mean Girls, which is obviously a classic, and your mom. I mean, consent is actually like no, but that's a most, modern thing. No, I know, I know, I know, but I, I, I mean, that's a modern uh, thing. Uh, that's like, one thing I threw yeah. in, but certainly like condoms would be like really important sex education thing I that clearly was not told to you, Irish people of your of our. Well, I mean, I'm a few years older than you, but of you're our way gender, older than me. Uh, <laughs> I think I'm f- five years older. But anyway, did. Uh, the, the condoms thing was definitely not told to us in school, which it clearly should have been told to us that, mm-hmm. like, listen, we're not saying you should go out and have sex, but some of you are going to fucking do it. Let's just accept it. And when you do, use fucking condoms. Go on the birth control pill because it's way better than getting pregnant. Well, I went to a convent and that is not a conversation. No, I get Sister it. Kathleen was ever going to no, I get it. So you didn't have sex education. No, so I think it was more like just pretend that's like I feel like. The, the vibe was if it's discussed it's kind of condoning it so the best thing is to just not discuss it and then it cannot be condoned yeah which but the problem that it the problem the, the problem is that con- considering condoning it to be bad is well, really where the problem lies yeah but I suppose they don't want 14 year old kids having sex do you know yeah, I mean? but it's not. Yeah, but it's 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 not about it's it's about getting them before there's any chance that it might happen. That's why they yeah. get the HPV vaccine to girls before they're say young before they're sexually active. Yeah, I mean the truth is that at least thirty percent. I'd say nowadays by the time kids are sixteen, thirty percent would be a really conservative number of those that are having sex. I was eighteen. I was eight, eight, nine, eighteen, nineteen. Yeah, which is. I help. I was like. This is my virginity. This is a special flower, and I have to wait. And I was going out with this guy that I was obsessed with, um, who I'm not even sure he really liked me, to be honest. We were going out for years, and he just kept breaking up with me all the time. And I just turned up at his mum's house, and then he'd take me back. <laughs> and you waited all those years to have sex? Yeah. And so, anyway. Danny O'Brien walking by. It's hard to concentrate. Hey, Danny O'Brien walking by with his AirPods on, wheeling, dealing, you know? Um, and then I was like, I'm going to wait. I'm going to give him my flower. I'm going to wait. It's going to be so special. And we went out for like three years and I didn't ride him once. And then I went to Turkey on my leaving cert holiday and rode some Turkish waiter. Some random dude just yeah. to lose your virginity. Yeah. <laughs> and funnily enough, he was at the, I didn't remember this, but he was, obviously I remembered having sex with the Turkish writer. But um, my ex was at the Vodafone Comedy Festival last night. I haven't seen him in like eight years. And he was there and we were all a bit pissed. And his girlfriend was there and she was like, you used to go out with him. And I was like, yeah, I had lost my virginity to him. And then he was like, you didn't, you lost it to a Turkish waiter. And I was like, fuck, I didn't think I told him that. But yeah, <laughs> so I saved it for ages and then just like threw it away at the last minute. Yeah. And, but, but, but how do you feel nowadays? Now you're, 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 you're a mature woman. No, how I'm do not. You, how do you feel about the whole concept of virginity and saving it and this thing being a special thing? I mean, I don't know anyone who had a special virginity losing ceremony. Most people just lost it in a bush. Yeah, I know, but I mean, I I mean more the concept. Like, how do you, do you feel that? Do you think it's healthy or unhealthy? This whole thing of virginity. I think it's healthy to value yourself. I think it's. I know that there was girls when we were young, and they were kind of like, you know, having a lot of sex with a lot of guys, and and I think there was there was a pain there. I think they were kind of like running away from something. I think it was kind of self destructive behavior when you see like a sixteen year old girl shagging different lads regularly. I think there's something hurting there. I don't think that's necessarily healthy or normal behavior. I don't. When you're an adult, it's different. Do whatever the fuck you want. But like, if I had a 16-year-old daughter and I'd heard she was doing that, I'd be like, there's a problem here. What's she looking for? She obviously feels she's missing something or she feels like, why can't she... She needs to validate herself in a different... Like, I think you should value yourself. Yes, absolutely. But just 
but that is still a judgment, like, because maybe some 16-year-old girls like to fuck. Yeah, maybe they do. Because 16-year-old boys don't get that judgment. No, but it's, you can't, like... No, I know, but I'm just saying they don't we're get... We're different, though. Yeah, yeah, I get that we're different, but yeah. also people judge people, that, you know, who's to say that the judgment matches the differences between men and women? Yeah, I'm sure there's 16-year-old girls out there who just love to fuck, and they just want to fuck all day, and that's their vibe. But I'm saying that I know anecdotally from having girls in my life who did it, from having girls in my life who didn't do it, from growing up with women, surrounded by women, I have very few male friends. I don't particularly enjoy their company that much. I'd much prefer to have all my women Hang friends around me. Yes. I am a woman's woman, right? Maybe that's probably a disadvantage. But I've seen it, and I know that the girls who were doing that were hurting. There was something wrong. Yeah, I, I, I have no doubt. I have no doubt that it can be self-destructive yeah. behavior. But I was just asking you, if how do you feel about the concept of virginity? Oh, um, I don't know. I mean, like, I, I don't know. I think women are definitely told that it needs to be like a special ceremony that you need to be laid down on a load of petals and like entered and like there needs to be music playing and all that shit. Um, is it a special occasion? It's the start of a new part of your life. Is it? It is a new but chapter. What, being but sexually yeah, I mean, active it, and not being sexually active. It is, once sex is involved, it does bring a different element to pretty much every relationship in your life. Well, with the with, with who, whatever sex you're attracted to. Um, ha, I mean, do I wish I hadn't lost my virginity with Turkish waiter? Yeah. But do you like the concept <laughs> of virginity? Like, it's really no, just a I thing. Be like, 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 no, I wouldn't be so many fears in it and being like, I've got a virginity ring and I'm going to save myself to limit. I wouldn't be any of that shit. It's bollocks. Yeah, because I just think, like, this whole concept of, like, once that's done, then that's, like, that's like a period you'll never get back. Like, it's a loss of innocence. No, it's not. Like, I, don't I don't consider it a loss of innocence. No. I don't yeah. consider it a loss of innocence. No. Absolutely not. And in fairness, I remember at 18 being like, okay, you know, they say, like, you lose your virginity. I didn't lose it. I, I aggressively threw it at a Turkish waiter. <laughs> but, like, uh, it, losing it almost sounds like carelessness. Even the language around it, you're like, I lost it. It was taken from me. Like, I lost it. Like, yes. I, uh, it, was, it sounds irresponsible almost. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, like, if I had a daughter, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's I'm all very different nowadays, you know? Why? Well, they're just way more open. They're fluid. Yeah. They fuck whoever they want, man, woman. They don't care. Yeah, that's very true, yeah. Yeah, no, we're very conservative in comparison. Because we're the product of our generation. No, totally, yeah. Um, yeah. But, the, you know, it's just interesting because doing this podcast, you see that you know, a lot of people don't. Like I we, remember being at the Cat Laughs, and I, I can't remember her name, and I wouldn't even say it if I did. And there was a, a comedian, and she was lovely. We actually watched her together. She was a really lovely girl. I met her uh, backstage after. Recently? And, yeah. Oh, w was it me and you watching? Yeah. Oh, I, oh, yeah. Well, funnily enough, that's who I was thinking of when you yeah. talked about it earlier. She was like, so firstly, like... And she's doing really well, by the way. Yeah, she's a great comic. Yeah. Um, But she was like, so I fucked this guy. That was like her opening gambit. And yeah. the whole room just went... <gasps> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I and mean... And even I did as a stand-up, as like a woman who like rides and has a sex life and, well, <laughs> contains sex life with people I'm sure are attracted to me and like will call me the next day but I still have a sex life um, I was I was shocked I was like oh my god and you watched it people didn't like no, it they were yeah. very uncomfortable but that's Ireland that's Ireland and also it was an early gig it was like 6pm <laughs> it was still bright outside but I found the same thing but it takes a bit of a it takes a bit of skill to, to get get around talking about sex in Ireland yeah and I'm sure because let's remember she just popped over for that one day 
I'm sure she would have realized after a while that 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 can sound a bit abrasive to an Irish audience. Yeah, they're not. We used were abraced. To, yeah, there was it was it was it was there was there was a, we a large a large amount of abrasion uh, <laughs> from the from the Kilkenny from the Kilkenny yeah. crowd. But I definitely have I've no doubt kind of conservative Irish Catholic ideas and feelings around sex. I've no doubt about that. Maybe if I moved to New York for a year, I'd feel very differently. Maybe I'd be swinging out of different dicks every week. I've no idea. Yeah, I mean, and who's to say whether it's good or bad? But I definitely, like, I even have bits in my show about, like, using sex, like, as in an emotional kind of um, claw. <laughs> like, when my last relationship was breaking down, I was like, I was like, oh, did I mention I love anal? Because I was trying to keep up... <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I told you that, didn't I? I love anal. So I was trying to keep them. Do you know that kind of way? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm completely fucked. Thanks for making me realize that, Dad. Oh, sorry. No, I was just curious. No, honestly, no, the only reason the only reason I challenged you a bit was because you had like some like strong judgments on. <laughs> so I was like, but it's, you understand. At the same time, I don't give a fuck what anyone does. These are just no, my absolutely. feelings. And no, I'm no, not. I know. And, and the great thing about you is that you just chuck it right out there, which is great because yeah. on this podcast you get a lot of people fucking dance around the issue. Yeah. No. Like I, I do have friends who kind of like have like fuck buddies and booty call people and all that shit um, and I'm shocked like they'll tell me stories I'm like their mother I'm like you what and then he just went around to his house and what I don't know how anyone copes with it I'm too emotionally unstable yeah. to cope with it I need the validation I need the security of knowing yeah but also if I, for one night stand I'm like you're in love with me now right that's like you're in love with me like you've been inside me you love me now like I couldn't deal with the whole see ya see ya I'm not strong enough for it yeah so let me ask you this then, just to move off that. So, so within relationships, you don't have to go kissing and telling. Uh, let me keep an eye on the time. Yeah. What is the time? Because um, I'm conscious that you have a that you have a show. Yeah. Oh yeah, we're okay. Yeah, we're fine. So, uh, you you've been in a number of relationships, but would you would, would you consider yourself within your relationships to have like a healthy sex life and everything? Yes. Once I'm in, I'm in. And you're not afraid to be because open. When you're, you're not afraid to be open when you're in. No, because I beca I become kind of obsessed with my boyfriends. So I just want to like, I, like, and I express like, I remember <laughs> my friends slagged me. I was going out with this guy, and I, your man, who I was supposed to give my virginity to, and then I shafted him for that Turkish waiter. We were having a chat one day, not me and him, me and my mates, and they're like, "Who would you be? You know, if you could be anyone in the world, who would you be?" And one of the girls was like, "I'd be like Nelson Mandela." One was like, I'd be Mary Robinson. She was a present. And I was like, I'd be Dara, who was my boyfriend. So, like, it's almost, I idolized them. <laughs> and I was like, I just want to crawl into his back. I remember they still quote this shit back to me. So, because I'm so besotted with them, I want to have sex with them all the time because I'm just so, I adore them. Do you know that yeah. way? I adore them. And then, of course, you know, when a relationship's over, when suddenly they're, when they touch you, it's like getting felt up by your brother. Do you know that when it turns? I mean, I, you know. I I, I, I I don't know if I, I can't identify with that thing, but I can certainly identify with not wanting to be touched. You must know when it's like you're so mad about someone and then the relationship is coming to an end because when you're so attracted to someone and then you know it's fucked when like you're the thought of having sex with them makes oh, yeah. you nauseous. Well, yeah, it's just no, no interest. Yeah. It's just like, how the fuck are we going to do this? Yeah, I know. You're like, hold your nose and think of Ireland. But, but, uh, do you have any, uh, just chuck out any random tips? Would you ever consider yourself somebody that's good at advice to say you're in a relationship long term? How does one maintain a healthy sex life? You've had a few long terms, right? Yeah, but I've, ne we've ne I've never had, like I've never been with someone for like 10 years. My longest was maybe five years. Oh, right. And our problem was, 
<laughs> like we just kept like the riding was what was keeping us together in the end because fu- we were so dysfunctional. But we were still incredibly like oh right. So the sex was good, but everything else was terrible. Yeah, well, not everything, but most the tattooed things. guy. Yes, the the bath guy, the bath guy. Um, but then uh, there's an amazing woman called Esther Perel who I adore. Do you know? Have you heard of her? No. She so she's a sex psychiatrist, sex therapist. I think she's a sex psychiatrist, and she talks about how do you maintain attraction in a long term relationship. Yes, and it's fascinating. Which I'm very curious about because that is definitely my weak area. Yeah, it's fascinating, and you're. This, I think it's it's fairly common. It's she's talk, she talk, her book is called Mating in Captivity, and she talks about how you know, say a marriage for example. Um, you're, you want stability you want security you want someone you can rely on but you also want someone who you come home and you just want to like rip their cacks off and ride them senseless and she's like it's not really it's realistic it's hard to get that balance yeah. exactly so she's talking about she, anyway she's fascinating her TED talk has like 10 million views or oh, something I must listen to you. Yeah, everyone's you in the remember, same boat can you remember uh, like, a, like a standout moment to close with a bit of wisdom before we head back to the comedy festival by the way We've been in a car the entire time. I forgot to tell. Well, I'll tell our listeners in the in the in the, in the, in the, in the, in the <laughs> Where preview. Where do you do this? The studio? Uh, no, no. Uh, normally, my apartment in New York. It's gonna look like I'm a sex worker. You picked me up in the car and you dropped me back twenty minutes later. Yeah. Give uh, me fifty quid. Give me a bunch. <laughs> <laughs> Just to round off the sex podcast. We record the whole thing. Turn in there, I'll show you. How you want to feel fucking bad? You won't get fucking emotionally much attached me, bitch, because I'll be gone. So, I'd say uh, you are a runner, like. I got. I, I'm. I'm a, I'm a whole broad spectrum of things. Yeah. But just to fo- can you remember any? Um, can you remember any like standout moments from the podcast? I'm gonna. Oh, it's from the TED Talk. From the TED Talk. So she talks about it, that it being. A, it's kind of a Western attitude towards marriage that you expect your husband to, or your partner to be your best friend. She was like, if you went to a woman in like fucking I don't know somewhere in the west and you're like is like say oh, i don't know i'm whipping something out now like iran yeah just, just <laughs> and you're like is your husband your best friend she's like they'd probably laugh in your face and be like it's my husband my husband my best friend are you are you on crack so like in parts of the country or in parts of the world a, ho- a marriage is a business deal yes we want too much from one person you can't have it all from one person and she's like that's the problem with our generation and with this side of the world that you want everything from one person and it's too much pressure and people crack she talks about people having affairs and she's like the affair is never really about the per like so say me and you were married right and you had an affair which you probably definitely would do absolutely yeah the affair <laughs> <laughs> i know i can see it in you the affair is nothing to do with me it's nothing to do with me it's all about you it's all about you. It's about you, how this relationship makes you feel. It's about what you feel you're missing out on. It's about you feeling like you've, you're have you at a weird stage in your life. It's about you wanting to feel more alive. But you, la, 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 la. So it's like t- you can't, you have to remove yourself. She also said something really interesting. She By the like, way, the absolutely was just a joke because I know people would be judging the shit out of me. But you would. Who knows? I've never, I know. never been married. I know, but I'd say you definitely would. Never been married. Um, so she says... She's just... So she kind of just. How does she feel about that? Like, how does she feel about the way that an affair is considered to be the numero uno? So she's like, no, it, it no. should be forgiven. She's like, you, you can eat, you can move past an affair. You can, you can forgive an affair. You have a different marriage, but you can move past it. She was also saying, and I talk about it. Our tips kind of touch on it in stand up, like. You know, I talk about like monogamy and getting married in your twenties was great when we all died at thirty-five from rickets or whatever. But now you could live till you're a hundred, and I'm like, till death do you a favor. Like, how yeah. do you maintain? Like, you have till to death be- do you a favor is a good line. T- thank you. 
Yeah. Very good line, Long Joanne. <laughs> um, so, yeah, she's like, how do you maintain that attraction? For certain people, sex is more important than others. Yes. Um, some people don't mind when the sex wanes. Like, even when I was living with the tattooed baby, like... We'd go through periods of like riding loads and then not riding. And what was handy is because I'm away for work. When you come back, you get breaks. Yeah, absence makes the heart grow. It fun. does. Oh, and she absolutely. also said when peop- partners are more most attracted to each other, when they see each other being good at something, not when they're in each other's company. You're not sitting there watching X Factor, staring at them, going, "Oh my god, I can't fuck it." You're, it's when you see them. Maybe you visit them in work, and they're a doctor, and they're saving a life, and you're suddenly really attracted to them. It's when they're being good at something. Yeah. Doing their own thing. People are actually attracted to, what am I trying to say? Individuality, I guess. It's the codependent Most of the time you're sitting there watching X Factor thinking, this fucker better not start fucking trying to have sex now because it's the furthest thing from my mind. I stand up on that as well. Oh, you do? Yeah, the surprise erections. What, like suddenly they're horny? As in like the kind of when you're just chilling out because men of them, like I think, from my experience, men that I've been with have a higher sex drive than me because men do. Um, Sometimes, not always, not all men. La, 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 la. When they get older, not so much. Yeah, I know. That's a massive issue. I've, I live with a sex psychiatrist at the moment in London, and it's like. Oh, really? Yeah, it's. Oh, my God, Dad. Man or woman? Field day. Woman. I want her on. Will I tell you a story? Please. I want her in? on the fucking podcast. Well, wait, I can fit in. You're the one that was concerned about the time. Yeah, I ha- I'll, I'll, fin- I'll tell you the story. So basically, I was saying to her, I was like, tell me everything. She's so. Sh- I was like, tell me, give me. So she's like, okay, this week. So basically, a couple of weeks ago, a guy came into the clinic and he had what I keep calling guacamole of the throat, gonorrhea of the throat. Right. I'm Irish, I can't say throat. 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 Gonorrhea of the throat. And uh, he, so he came in there like, you've gonorrhea of the throat. Here is some medication. Take it. You'll be cleared up in a week, but you have to abstain. So no blowjobs, no kissing, no nothing. He's like, I'm single. Like, I, I, I just won't touch anyone. They're like, don't touch anyone. Came back the next week, still had gonorrhea of the throat. They were like, that's highly irregular. Did you abstain? He's like, yep, abstain, didn't do anything. They're like, right, okay. They gave him the meds. Again, came back the third week, second week, still had gonorrhea, and he was like, I'm abstaining. And they're like, you're, you're not, like, these these meds are 100% effective. He's like, I don't know what to tell you. I'm a medical marvel. That's what he kept saying. So at this stage, they're like, right, you need to go and see the psychiatrist. She's my housemate. And she was like, okay, listen, talk me to your day. Let's get to the bottom of this. Because obviously they're going, this fucking whack job is up to something. Anyway, they're like talking through your day, and he's like, "Well, I get up in the morning, and I, I I go for a run, and I go to work, and he worked in like banking, like totally normal guy. He's like, go work, meet maybe meet the lads for a pint in the evening, and then the penny dropped, and his face lit up, and he goes, oh my god, could it be what I do with the condoms up in Hampstead Heath? And she went, well, what do you do with the condoms? And he goes, well, I eat them. Oh God, <laughs> Jesus Christ. When he goes on his runs, oh. he eats his condoms off the ground. Yeah. Does she share that with you? Yeah. Wow. I'd love to chat to her, but not about that. <laughs> yeah, no, she's fascinating. Like the shit. But uh, yeah, she's. No, because I, I, I have so many questions. You know, because we, 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 like, even in this conversation, we all make loads of assumptions. I do, you do, everybody does. Yeah, you have to to survive. No, I know, but I would love to just get a little, you know, I'd love to get, uh, you know, just some some people that know the background behind what assumptions are true what aren't yeah you know and the people that really you know uh, you know the people that really do know about the science behind some of the stuff that's going on yeah because everybody's got their like you know when you do this this happens but like a lot of times that's just 
some somebody said it to them. Yeah, you know, yeah, you'd yeah. love to just get that the the authoritative voice on what's really going on. Yeah, you know. So I, I actually this woman came to the show last night and she she's a, like a sex therapist and I oh uh. I, I forgot to turn it off. Steve, Steve is uh, I'm meeting him. We better go. Okay. It's yeah, you're friends with his sister. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's probably the one that was fucking calling you a fascist. <laughs> it popped into it wasn't her. It's popping into my head, but sure, a very Irish way to finish a podcast. Somebody's ringing me, and it's and I actually know him. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, your his sister is like one of your close friends. Yeah. Okay, thank you, Joanne. Thank you, Daz. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Joanne. Um, it's great. It's great to record an ep in Ireland. I always like that. Uh, thanks to everybody who uh, listened. Got some new subscribers this week. I think did a good bit of promo for the podcast. So welcome. Uh, do leave a review on iTunes, five star review preferably, and uh, spread the word. Um, got a lot of new followers on Instagram too from all our Love Island action. So if you're any of them, thanks for coming on board. Katie Boyle is at Katie Boyle Comic. She'll be back next week. And um, I am doing another work in progress show, show about my mom uh, at the Fat Black Pussycat on Sunday night at 7 p.m. So if anybody's in New York and wants to check that out, 7 p.m., book it on the uh, ComedyCellar.com reservations page, Sunday night, 7 p.m. And uh, that's it. I mean, I am mega jet lagged. It's 1 a.m. Um, I actually did a show at the Comedy Cellar. Uh, so I'm dying to go to bed and that's not to say that I don't appreciate you, but I'm going to go guys. My Instagram is at this Bishop chat to me there. I love you and I miss you. Good night. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.